You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Once again, everybody, thank you for hopping on board with the latest edition of Gun on One, the podcast. I'm Derek Gunn. And, well, we, when you look at what happened to the Eagles on Sunday against the Chargers, it was another winnable game situation, and yet we are looking at another loss. The theme continues to be the same with this Eagles team for whatever the case may be, and people are, are losing their minds. It is frustrating to the media frustrating to fan base and I know it's extremely frustrating to former players who played the game at a high level so I brought in for this show a former player who played the game at the highest level to the best of his ability and I hate to tell him this because his hair is already big enough but he is definitely one of my all-time favorite Eagles former Eagles cornerback Bobby Taylor BT how you doing man D Gun, it's a pleasure, man. First of all, I miss you too. Like what? You no, know, you definitely were, you know, one of my favorites there when I was in Philly. You made it fun um playing there. You were fair. I mean, you were tough, honest, yeah. which you should be, but I feel like you were very fair. And you know, we could have conversations on the record. We yes. could have conversations off the record. Yes. Um, you know, I, I think you gave me advice. I gave you advice during the times. Um, that we were there and, you know, we, we shared, you know, some good times. We shared some bad times. I mean, I think more good times than bad. Absolutely. I I, I miss you too, brother. Yeah, man. You know, uh, back in the day, and that was when we were just starting a show called Post Game Live. And I love telling this story all the time. What made that show work, especially with me outside the locker room interviewing players, was I was blessed to be among a group of players that were not just football players, but they were characters. 
And, <laughs> and all I had to do was point a mic in the direction of a Bobby Taylor, of a Troy Vinson, a Donovan McNabb, a Trey Thomas, a John Runyon, uh, uh, Ike Reeves, a Jeremiah Trotter. It goes on and on. Chad Lewis. And y'all basically took over the show. The show was <laughs> the show was self-contained. You would come out dressed like you stepped out of GQ every every Sunday. You know, Troy Vincent, you could tell he was destined for great things. He was the businessman. Yep. And then you had the other guys who were, were young but wanted to stay fashionable with the trends. Hollis Thomas had so much gold uh, and, and silver on, I could barely see him outside the locker room. It was blinding me with all the jewelry he wore. And I, I won't say the figure, but at one time I asked Hollis, I said, hey, I said, right now, how much is all the diamonds that you have on worth? And what he told me was, I'll tell you after the podcast what he told me. And I'm like, why in the world would you walk around like this with that much <laughs> jewelry on? But I, I, I don't want to deviate from the norm. Um, you know, I know you still watch this Philadelphia Eagles team um, very closely. And I'm, I know you watch them play the Chargers on Sunday. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you something, man. Th their pass coverage is, is driving people out of their minds. In a general perspective, tell me what you're seeing from this secondary, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so I'm I'm definitely a I mean that that's the only team I'm a fan of Philly. That's where I played. Right. Um, you know, so my heart is there. I speak in we, not they and those guys. It's we for me, whether it's you know, doing good times, whether it's doing bad times. And so right now, obviously, um things aren't going like I would like it and you know, I'm pretty sure the fans there in the area, in the region, and then all over the place are frustrated as well. And, you know, when you look at yesterday's game, it was one of those situations where, I mean, let's just take the second half where from a defensive standpoint, being a former defensive player, I mean, the Chargers had their way. I mean, Justin Herbert, I think he's a great quarterback. I liked him um, in college when he was there at Oregon. Um, and, and you can just see his maturation process. And, you know, when you look at the strengths of or the supposedly strengths of the, the Eagles, it's on the defensive side. And you think from a defensive line perspective, you know, guys could get more um, pressure on the quarterback, more even just some hits that wasn't taking place. Um, the Chargers, they've had issues from an offensive line perspective. And so going into the game, I just knew that we could uh, put some stress on, on, on their on that team um, by our, from our defensive line, and, and and that didn't didn't help. And we didn't play complimentary football on the defensive side of the ball. When you look at some of the coverages, uh, when I just sit back and look, I just squirm because I feel like yeah, there's been some injuries, but from a communication standpoint, you need to always be on the same page. And I look at some of the formations that came out and, you know, granted, I'm not out there on the field, but just from a body language standpoint, it's like, okay, are we, are we talking when these guys are getting in these bunch formations and say, Hey, there's a chance that this guy's going to come across the field. I need a little help from a linebacker perspective where you can maybe bump the receiver. I look at, I think that was a big play by um, Williams um, down the field, maybe 40, 50 yards, 49 yards. Yep. And, yeah. And I, and I, and I definitely know that that was a, one of those situations where pre-snap from a cornerback perspective, you need to be talking to your safety saying, Hey, there's a chance that this guy's going to run a 
route that where you can take over and I can replace you. And when you look at when the 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 pass was completed, both the cornerback and the safety was inside of the receiver as opposed to there being a bracket. And when you think about pass coverages and how you pass things off, um, that shouldn't happen. And, you know, for me, it's one of those things where, okay, guys, we need to get back in the, in the, in the classroom. We need to talk to the coaches. And that's one of the things that I feel like helped us. Like we weren't only just talented, but we talked about so much. Jim gave us leeway. Um, Leslie Frazier, they, they gave us leeway to be able to come to them and say, Hey guys, like, what are you seeing? Like we had a, a exercise that we did every Friday where we would come into the classroom um, or meeting room or whatever folks want to, I call it the classroom. Cause I mean, it's, you know, you go into class, right. you need to take it seriously as such. And so we go in the classroom and Jim would give us a, a worksheet to say, okay, it's first and 10. They're coming out in this formation. The ball is located here. Um, what do you guys, what, what are some of the coverages that you like that we worked on during the week? It's um, second and short. They're coming out in this um, personnel this is the scenario. Um, they're backed up or they're on the, the opposite side of the 50. So it's conversation like that that we were having as players along with the coaches. And I'm not saying that those guys aren't having that inside the lock inside their classroom, but you need to have that because let's just say, for instance, um, the communication system goes down and the coaches up in the in the press box can't talk to the defensive coordinator on the sideline. And as a defense, you don't get the call when you need to make a call yourself because sometimes that happens. And in the event of something like that, I mean, you need to be able to like say, okay, this is what we worked on during the week. This is not a panic situation. And so these were our top three calls on third and sixth when they came out in this particular personnel and we're going to call that and, and be confident about it to know that and to know that, you know what, we're going to be able to get off the field. And so if you're not having those type of discussion, because you, you spend more time in the classroom during the week than you do on the football field because of, you know, short weeks, you know, the, the seasons alone, guys are banged up. And so if you aren't taking those type of things seriously or what have you, and just think that like, you know, just because I'm one of the, you know, top 0.7% most talented players in the world, mm -hmm. I can just roll out there on Sunday and get it done. And, and that's not what's happening. Do you think th their defense shows too much respect to opposing offenses? Um, it seems uh, like when they, play, when, I, when they play I, upper I, echelon offenses, it's like they just go into an, an over-respect mode for who they're playing against. I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure about that, right? Because like I said, I, I probably could could answer that more accurately if I attended some practices and 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 just saw like okay when the ones against ones are going against each other like what's the atmosphere because I know and this is one thing that Andy did a great job was with even if it was the latter part of the season there were probably four to six plays on Thursday I can remember specifically where we went against Donovan and those guys like good on good one-on-ones whether it's third down whether we worked on blitz pickup whether it was in the red zone goal line where he was like look guys i'm gonna let, allow you to take the pads off after this period 
but we're going to bang and go one against one, good against good. And that just got your your your, your blood flowing um, during the week with something that I think that's great. And it just puts you in that mindset to where you're like, listen, you my teammate, but right now I'm finna like kick your blah, 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 whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? So yeah. you, you have to have that type of mentality. And th- it's not something that you can just turn on and off the field, t- turn turn on on Sundays when you get on the field. And so, you know, I'm not sure if, they, if they're giving these guys um, that they go against too much um, credit. I know a lot of times in the off season now with, you know, guys living in so many different places, they train against a lot of these guys or what have you. And, you know, maybe they're friends, but, you know, when you have to, when you step out there on the field, you have to be able to like be ready, go against these guys, maybe not help them up sometime because you're not only trying to win physically, there's so much from a psychological standpoint and a mental standpoint to where you're trying to win because I know for a fact there were times during the game where they knew whether it was myself, Troy, Dog, Hugh, um, Carlos Emmons, Corey Simon, Trotter, or what have you, to where from a defense from, from an offensive standpoint, the offensive coordinator on the opposing team, they probably were discouraged to call certain plays just because they knew how we were gonna play that. They knew, like, you know what, if we run this 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 shallow crossing route, route by this Z receiver, like Brian Dawkins is going to be waiting in that alley. And like, it's going to be a problem. And so I better not call that because he's going to get blown up or it's going to be an interception or Hugh Douglas is going to get to the quarterback or what have you. And, and we would have those conversations out there on the field. It'll be times during the, during the game to where he will look back at me and be like, hey, man, can I get some coverage? And I'll be like, Hugh. Like we covering guys for four and five seconds. Can you get to the quarterback in less than two or three seconds? Like we would literally like have those conversations, like in between the lines out there on the field or what have you. And we just had that type of relationship where we constantly challenged each other. And it wasn't all about my success. Like I was just as happy about the next guy having success as I was about myself. And I do know for a fact in today's um, NFL and just sports in general, there are some athletes that are a little bit more selfish now because you have social media, everybody feels like they're a brand and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I can go all, I can, I, I can, you know, go on and on in regards to that, but I, I totally like disagree with it. A lot of these guys, listen, y'all are just, high paid employees or whatever, working for a brand. You're not particularly a brand yourself or what have you. And so, you know, there may be a a certain level of selfishness and things of that nature, but, you know, you just have to like challenge each other, like regardless. I mean, I can remember, you know, going against, I mean, I I grew up in Texas. I mean, I, I tell this story a lot of the times, like majority of my family was when we played the Cowboys, look, um, cousin, look, nephew, I want you to be successful, but hey, I'm rooting for the Cowboys. This is my family. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And so just imagine that. Just imagine growing up, you know, establishing a name for myself in Texas, going back to play the Cowboys during that time in Texas Stadium where, you know, they had they had five and six Hall of Famers on their offense. I'm not just team, but just on their offense. And for me, it was like, man, I'm trying to like go out and 
like make a name for myself. Like I don't care nothing about my family liking the team or what have you. Growing up watching the Cowboys or what. Like I'm trying to make a name for myself and whatever it takes for me to be successful out there on the field, I'm gonna try to do that. I bet you had a lot of uh, family that would also say, "Hey, hey, Bobby, could you get me a couple of tickets to the game for the Eagles Cowboys?" I, I, listen, so I didn't know that at first, right? Right. That I thought my my, my following was so strong where <laughs> me being a Philadelphia Eagle like automatically qualified, like made them Eagles fans. Right. And so the first couple of years, man, I'm like busting my balls, like spending all of this extra money or what have you to go and get tickets from other guys because, I, you know, we only got a certain allow- allotment or right. what have you. And guys already knew when it was Dallas week and we were going back to Texas, listen, I'm going to be hitting you up. Um, the trade-off was I, I would pay for the tickets, you know, all, all of my family would bring in like all kind of like crazy food so we could eat good and things of that nature or what have you. But I had to have those tickets. And so this was probably like maybe two or three years in. And like my grandmother, um, she she would pull me, she pulled me to the side and she was like, baby, I don't know if you know this or not, but majority of your uncles, your cousins. They're a cowboy fan. I was like, really? I was like, really, Gigi? Like, are you serious? Man, listen, it's family to this day that we like, our relationship is okay, but not like it was because I took that privilege away. Was like, okay, that's how it is. Well, she, she go look, go, go to somebody else and get in and, and, and let them get you some tickets. No. And they were, Oh yeah, like I I totally like stripped that privilege away, and it's, and I don't care personally, but it's like cousins and whomever else that you know they feel like oh Bobby he thinks he blah 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 whatever 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 right. he won't even get us tickets to the game. And I'm like man, I don't, I don't even I don't even entertain it. I'm like listen, if you're not a fan of me, you're not a fan of the Eagles. Watch that from home, like pure, I almost cursed just then, but watch that watch that from home, like. That's my that like that that became my mentality probably three years in and man I saved so much money and was just you know in a in a better place because just imagine that you 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 really thinking your family members like fan not only fans of you but the team that you play for I I had to strip it away from them D I had to strip it away from them you you let you let family loyalty come between family bond. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's almost like you know, because you don't. It's like you don't even support my job. Like this is my job. Like okay, yeah, this is a game. It's a sport, and all of this type of stuff, or what have you, and all of the other benefits that come with being a professional football player that they were afforded. Like I don't even want you coming to the hotel. Like don't even visit me. Like when I come back home, wow. like, don't, visit, don't visit me. Like because I don't even want to like fake it because. You know how it is as the week progresses. You know, you have Monday. Hopefully, it's a victory Monday. Then Tuesday, we off. Wednesday is pretty much like our first, you know, work day yeah. or what have you of the week. And then as it ramps, ramps up toward the weekend, especially, you know, going against, you know how it is for, just imagine, you know how it is for fans That's for right. Dallas Week, how they get prepared from a tailgating perspective or what have you, getting ready and, um, you, you're a chef yourself, get, getting your ingredients and all of that. So mentally, as a player, I'm getting ready like, okay, this is what I'm going to wear. 
when I get back home, blah, blah, blah. I want to <laughs> see this person and, you know, this, this, that, and the third. We play at this time. You know, hopefully when we get to the hotel, look, yeah. you know, John Madden, Pat Summerall doing the game. Hopefully they call one of myself to go talk to them. Like, oh, I'm like, I'm getting like, my, my head space is, is there. And so, like, I don't even want to be around family or friends or whomever that aren't trying to give me something positive that I can go into the game and use as fuel to help me be successful out there on the field. That's crazy, man. Hey, look, I I'm going to throw a stat at you pertaining to this current Eagles defense, and, and I want to hear your response to this. Through, <laughs> through nine games, opposing quarterbacks have completed an average of 75% of their passes against this Eagles defense. That includes five quarterbacks that have completed 80 or better percent, one quarterback completed 91% of his passes. Can you imagine playing in a secondary or on a defense that allowed something like that? Absolutely not. I mean, I mean, we we took so much, even during the times where we were building, right? Right. And we played hard all throughout the game, and then somehow at the end, we found a way to, we, we end up losing, right? respectfully when we sat down and watched the film now okay there were some occasions where when we watched the film it was an embarrassment mm. but for the majority of the time like we were respected we were respected amongst ourselves we were respected you know amongst our peers the opposing coaches and things of that nature and and, and so i saw that because i saw where herbert i think he was what over 300 and almost 50 yards passing 80 percent yep. yep i mean that's like if you playing basketball somebody's scoring 40 50 points on you, you know? <laughs> so collectively as a whole from a defensive standpoint no one should be stepping up to the podium saying well i did good well, i did my part if if i don't know guys i don't know if guys are saying it i right. hope not but right. I'm just, you know, making a general statement. Right. If that's the mentality, it's like, I mean, we're doomed. You know what I mean? And, right. and I'm saying me because I'm a part of being a Philadelphia Eagle, whether it's a, you know, a victory Monday or mm -hmm. it's Black Monday, I guess if you want to call it in, in today. And so, uh, I mean, that that that's tough. I mean, it's one of those things where quarterbacks and opposing teams, they should look forward to playing us. Ooh, yeah, a lot of people are starting to say that. Now, Why wouldn't they? Right, I mean, because right. Justin Herbert was clean. You look at it, you look at his uniform at the I mean, I don't think did, did, did we get a sack yesterday? Nope. nope. I mean, it's and so it's been multiple games this year where we haven't gotten a sack. And that's uh that that's a problem, a major problem. So why wouldn't opposing offenses be looking forward to I mean, if, if I'm the if I'm the next team that's playing the Eagles, mm -hmm. if I'm that offensive coordinator, I'm calling, <laughs> I'm calling the Chargers offensive coordinator like, hey, um, send me, send me some. <laughs> like, what, what was your what was your thinking? Like, send me some of those plays that you guys. Had. I mean, it's it's funny, but it's not funny. But right. that's what happens in the league because we all know this this is a copycat league, and why wouldn't you? If you aren't the next offensive coordinator that's going to go, that's getting ready to go against the Eagles, and you're not looking to some of that stuff, mm. 
hey, well, why? I mean, you're, you're not doing your job. What should defensive leaders be doing and saying to teammates in the locker room every day in practice leading up to the next game so they don't start turning on each other? Well, I mean, well, first of all, I, I mean, you have to be a lead, leader by example, right? Right. And to be a leader, you have to be a producer. Mm-hmm. So if you are, let's just say, one of the defensive linemen or what have you, right? And and not to point out defensive linemen. If you one of the defensive linemen, right? And you are designated as a leader, for one, are you producing personally yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't think this is talked about enough when, when, when we talk about leadership, because a lot of times the first thing people say, you have to lead by example, which that is right, but you can't be leading and not producing at the same time. Mm-hmm. That, that just, that just doesn't go together the way that I digest leadership right. or what have you. And so for one, that needs to be taking place. Of course you need to be leading by example, but one of the, a small exercise that goes so far when you think about um, your peers, um, your meeting time, when you're, when you're, when you're inside the building, because a lot of times when you get ready to watch the film, right, you, you just break off into your um, individual groups, mm-hmm. you know, with the secondary the linebackers, the D line, but like there are times where, you know what, Jim would come in, and we already would know it, right? Because we were self-conscious. Because you can't be thinking that just because you in the league and on the team, right? That like you're the bomb. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not producing, like, hey man, you know, it's a chance that like on down the line, you know, they may be looking at getting rid of you. And so Jim would at times like we would have our our collective um defensive team meeting where we would watch the film, and he wouldn't even talk. Wow. He just put the film on, like, and he may run one play five, six times in a row. And so the way we watch film was you have the the end zone view where the camera is basically, like, you know, up in the air behind you from the end zone and then a sideline perspective. So we will watch all of that so you can see everything to where it's like, shit, who hustling? Who doing their job? Yeah. Right? Because that, that that's a big part of it as well. You know what I mean? And so when we were in those in, in, in that atmosphere and in that environment, mm-hmm. man, that spoke so that that spoke volumes. Because when you got a guy that's like like you out here fighting for your life, because there, there are going to be cases where you're just going to go against somebody that's just a bad MF on the opposite side of the field. Right. right? They're getting paid. And like you out there fighting for your life and. On a particular call, we went on it all over, all during the week when he lined up in this position and we know he's going to come across either the D line, the defensive end or the, or the outside linebacker is going to get a hit on him to help you be able to like, you know, cover this particular guy. Right. Because we know these are some of their bread and butter plays. And then you watch the film and it's like, man, that didn't happen. So you start <laughs> looking at your teammate like, yo, man, like, 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 like what's going on? You know what I mean? And so I don't know if that's already happened. And I don't know if from an exercise standpoint during the week, they're they're breaking it down from that perspective. But like when you dis when I'm when I'm di- when I'm disappointing um my dog, mm-hmm. I'm out there like fighting and he's fighting for his life. 
and I'm not doing what I need to do. Like, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And then also you have to think about like, what are you doing during the week? You know, cause like now when you have, you know, all of these bit different media um, podiums and probably opportunities that like guys have, cause everybody wants to be a part of, you know, guys that play in the NFL, yep. right. Just because greatest game in the world. Yep. Or what you see the ratings, um, you know, it's been, we've been killing it for, as a whole from a viewership standpoint. And so everybody wants a part of that. Like, what are you doing during the week? Like, are you accepting every appearance? <laughs> you know, are you, are, 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 are you getting rest? Are you taking care of your body? Or are you, you know, are you running, you know, what, like, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Cause guys know that as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, there, there are just a lot of like things like that that need to be that need to happen and so from, from so the leaders you know they need to like rally the troops and for me i would rather guys do something like that inside collectively as opposed to going to the media and uh subliminally tweeting and all of that like man i don't communicate like that like right I'm on social media to a, you know a certain degree or what have you but i was always about like Man, let me let me just go to this. Let me go to my man locker and be like, "Yo, mm -hmm. uh, man, you supposed to be here." Like, if if I'm expecting you to be in in the deep middle or what have you, or if I'm expecting you to on this particular play cut to this receiver and then I replace you and and, and take over your responsibility and you not there, mm -hmm. like like that's an issue. Like like, and I'm gonna call you on. It. Like I'm gonna call you on it. Like I'm not going to my agent. I'm not going to my wife. Right. I'm not going. to you know, any my girlfriend, like I'm not going to the media. I'm going like straight to you and be like, look, hold up, like stop that film. Like it's been times where we watching film, like, hold, hold up, stop that film. Where guys have left from our meeting room and went in another position group and been like, dude, you lied to me because you go to the sideline and you talk or what have you, and you know they got you know they got now with, with, with the little iPads and all of that type oh, yeah. of stuff that sideline so from a technology standpoint like you, you can't lie you can't miss it you know maybe in the past when technology wasn't what it was you know you could miss certain things but like you can't miss that and so if it's certain things where um you know guy, you guys can't hide like we we all need to like talk about that and so if they're putting that type of pressure on themselves inside the building or what have you you know i i, I can respect that but if that's not happening I mean, that's a major issue. So, you know, from a leadership standpoint, I mean, you have to produce, you have to lead by example, you know, and you have to like be able to like rally the troops to say, hey, and know how to like talk and communicate to guys. Because one of the things I, I hate, and we would call this out when we were watching other teams getting ready to prepare right. for the next game where, you know, say on a, on a play, you got, you got one of the DBs or what have you back. And he, my point, I'm like, Man, if you point at me like we're gonna fight like right there on the field. <laughs> not ever point at me and say, blah, blah, oh, you didn't do this or you didn't do that. Cause I'd never do that to you. Even if you are in the wrong. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I like I would never do that. And so I see a lot, a lot of that, like across and not just um, you know, on, on, from the Eagles perspective, right? Just in general, uh, around around the league, where you got guys that's just like, 
like rebuking other players like right on the field and it's like nah nah we're not gonna have that <laughs> it's 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 a different game man it's a different game from when you played i mean a couple of weeks ago fletcher cox came out to the media and said hey um what they're asking me to do is that's not what i do you know i, I you know I, that's not how i function shouldn't those kind of uh statements uh, not just from a Fletcher Cox, but from team leaders in general, be kept behind closed doors talking to your defensive coordinator? Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't matter how hot the heat is getting outside. Because, see, it's tough in Philly, right? Right. And, and this is why I'm going to point the finger back at you. Like, you guys are some educated I'm talking about the a lot of the media guys, right. like yourself. We right. got Ray Dig up there. Yeah. You got, um, you know, some of my my former teammates, Barry. Got Ike. Yep. And a lot of those guys, or what have you. But even outside of that, you have you have media guys that are are very educated when it comes to X's and O's, and we can't trick you all, right? Right. right. And so when you guys come and give your perspective, like hot, like right after the game, <laughs> it just adds to the fire. And I know guys that that probably pisses them off. Right. Right. But you got, you guys have a job to do because you can't, you can't expect for it always to be, you know, roses and candy and, 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 and you're getting, you know, all of these congratulations because that's just not the world that we that we live in. Right. You, you, you know, and so, you guys like make it hot. And when you add on top of that, the, the, the Philadelphia fan base, how, you know, I love them, um, how crazy they could be, how, uh, I mean, in some cases, just, just out of their minds, they can be, they have high expectations and, and, and rightfully so. And so as a player, you know, you jumping on social media, and and you you you're trending and wonder why you're trending and right. you're hearing all of these things and so that 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 can you gotta have thick skin you you, <laughs> you have to have thick skin and so with that being said you still can't let the family business get out in the street. Are you trying to say we're troublemakers in the media? Is that what you're trying to say? Hey, listen, <laughs> I'm not gonna say you guys are troublemakers, <laughs> but you good at making trouble sometimes <laughs> by telling the whole truth. And so with that, you you just have to, as a player, you, you, as hard as it may be, right? Right. You have to put that, you, you have to put, you have to put, put all of that aside and you can't let the family business get out there in the street. And so when statements like that are made, I mean, like that just adds fuel to the fire. And, and I, and I would think with, with Fletcher being, you know the great player that he's been. He he, he helped bring a, a Super Bowl right. to Philadelphia, and I'm I'm thankful for that. You know he's made numerous Pro Bowls, All Pros. You you have to go and sit down and say, "Hey, coach, um, I, I I'll need to talk with you," mm. and 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 just be and and be respectful from that standpoint because I can remember when Andy got the head job, Jim Johnson. He he's our um, defensive coordinator and probably like those first couple of mini camps. I mean, me and him like bumped heads and it was nothing about the X's and O's. It was just about me being hurt, even though 
the disruption and the change needed to happen. We needed to uh, needed to get the head, a new head coach at right, the time. Right. I was happy for Ray and Emmett Thomas for drafting me and bringing me in and um, teaching me so much. But you know that that had ran its course, and we needed a new coach. And so Andy and those guys came in, and it was just me being upset that those guys were no longer there. It mm. wasn't anything about the X's and O's. And so like they would ask me to do this and. Um, play this and you know I played inside I played outside I mean I was just like wherever you need me to play or what have you right. and, you know we playing three cornerbacks at the time and um I was just mad just just because like our, our head coach got fired we got these new guys and you know I knew of Leslie Frazier playing for for the um the Bears yep um, when, when they had Michael Singletary and all of those guys Richard Dent but you know, I didn't know him personally. I didn't know no no Spags. I didn't know Ron Rivera. I didn't know um, John Harbor. I didn't know any of those people, right? So it was just the the point of change. And myself and Jim during the summer, you know, we just sat down and talked. You mm. know, had a beer, and um, you know, we talked. He talked about you know where he came from, how he envisioned playing me, how he envisioned our defense being. And it was just two men because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like I'm a man, like you're my coach, but I'm a man. Right. You know, Patrick Cox is a man, the defensive coordinator is a man. So it's like, have those conversations and say, and and and, and I don't know if those come and even if he did, even if he has had those conversations in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe the defensive coordinator is stubborn and saying, you know what, this is my defense, because you have that as well, right? You right. have some. Yep. That feel like this is my defense. I need this type of player to play in my defense or offense. And that's the only way we could be successful. Now, coaches like that, I know I will bump heads with them because, for one, I feel like I can play any defense, whether it's you want me to play zone, you want me to play man, you want me to just be out there on the island, like whatever. You want me to play inside at the nickel. I can I'm I can play on the left side, on the inside, I can play on the right. It doesn't you want me to blitz me sometimes. Mm-hmm. I had a responsibility of knowing all of the positions around me as well, just in case somebody get hurt, I could slide here. And, and I think all players should be like that, right? Because it in the, in, the, in the nature of our sport, right, guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to get nicked up. And what if I need to move you inside? Or what if I need to move you from left corner to right corner? And you like, Coach, I, I just play left corner. Like that's 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 a problem. The more mm-hmm. tools you can have in your tool belt, the more successful that could just make you and more valuable yep. at the end of the day, right? And so if you had this one track mind of um I can only play this way because I was a- actually watching some of the game with the because typically, like when I watch games, I don't even have the sound on. Like I don't because I, I just because I don't want to be distracted about what they're talking about. I just want to like look at it myself because when we're in the classroom when we're, as a player it's not sound on or anybody talking mm-hmm. so i have like a dot and, and my and my wife she like why are you watching tv you don't even you don't, you get watching TV, you don't have a sound on like money that's like how i watch film like it's it's a it's something that when 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 i'm at the practice facility watching film it's not music playing it's not sound playing whatever or what have you. And so one of the guys, um, I think Charles Davis was doing the game um, when I was listening to it and watching it. And he he was saying that 
the the Chargers, they obviously had some got cornerbacks that was out of Santi Samuel Jr. I forgot yeah. the other guy's name. He was out of the game. But they practiced where the coach would just move a safety to corner, a corner to safety, interchangeable like that, just as an exercise. And I just thought that that was like so genius, mm. right? Because for one, it keeps you on your P's and Q's. And it also teaches you, which is more important, important to where I only, I not only need to know my job, right? know the guy on the left of me, then you go to the guy on the right of me, the guy in front of me, behind me, and definitely my safety or what have you. Mm. And so by that, it just puts you in the right mindset of I'm, I'm just this small link in this chain. And if I'm not doing my part or being focused on my part or what have you, it's it, like, for example, I noticed um it this was i don't know if it was the end of the fourth quarter the third quarter where they had a real bunch formation first of all they lined up the, the Chargers lined up fast right and it was a bunch formation and i think slay was defender on the left he was a le- playing left corner at the time and they threw it to the big receiver he missed the tackle and the guy went in and scored the touchdown so if you go back and look at that play his eyes got caught inside which allowed the receiver to run the quick out and he was late getting to it and by late getting to it he was in a bad um position right right to make tackle. the guy was bigger than him anyway but i feel like if he wasn't late from his eyes looking inside and just looking at that receiver because that's his key and he missed that He was late getting back outside trying to make the tackle. The guy walks in the end zone. And so it's just things like that that you have to be focused on. And, you know, and if you're not, like, I mean, that's a major problem. And and I just think that as games go on, seasons go on, and other guys get hurt, you have interchangeable parts coming in and out. I mean – you know, if if it's not taken care of, I mean, it just, it, it it it'll be worse as as we get you know to the latter part of the season. I feel like I, I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, man, Thanksgiving gonna be um, <laughs> you know, Christmas gonna be brutal. Brutal. I'm in Texas. You know, luckily Dallas lost yesterday. <laughs> like, I'll be getting bombarded with just. You know, friends, family, blah, blah. <laughs> I got them yesterday. Even though we lost, I got them yesterday. Yeah. Because when I tell you it's been it's been rough, it's rough being from Texas, living in Texas, being an Eagles fan, being a former Eagle, it's 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 tough. It's tough. I ain't gonna lie to you. If 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 Jonathan Gannon's defense continues on its current course, do you think that he will be back another season? Well, well, this, that's a great question, right? And I wanted to ask you this. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you get asked this. First, like, do you feel like they hired the right head coach? I think they hired a coach that they felt they could control, uh, which is what I think that was the case when they hired Doug Peterson initially. 
And then when Doug Peterson won his Super Bowl and Doug Peterson began to establish himself, I believe he began to butt heads because he wanted to make more of his own decisions in terms of how this team was going to be moving forward. So the two minds could not come to a mutual understanding, and all of a sudden he's gone. Now you bring in another guy. But you also have to take into consideration from what we've heard, there were certain coach coaching candidates they wanted to interview that declined to be interviewed by the Eagles. So what does that tell you? That some people did not want to come to Philadelphia when you consider – they just got rid of the franchise quarterback. Now the Super Bowl winning coach is gone. Most of the team that helped win that Super Bowl have been dismantled. Why in the world would I want to go in a mess like this? Now, I don't want to, I don't want to judge Nick Sirianni completely by his first year because if you go back, after Doug Peterson's first year, a lot of people wanted Doug Peterson out of here after that first year. And, oh, oh by the way, he won a Super Bowl his second year. See, so right now, a lot of people, they want Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon out of here. And, but, we, but, but let's face it, it's a bit, bottom line is a business, and it's about the, about the numbers. And right now, w- when you look at the defensive coordinator's numbers, okay, your personnel is allowing quarterbacks to complete passes at a 75% clip. You've had five individuals complete over 80% of their passes against you, doesn't that put your job in jeopardy? Because there's no, no such thing as longevity in the NFL unless you're producing. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I mean, I, I know he should definitely be on notice, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but I, it, it goes back to that education that you just gave me as other individuals not wanting to even interview for the job, right? right? So if that was out there during that time, it's still there if they decide to fire the defensive coordinator. True. Right. True. To where I mean, because if I'm a coach, I want to be. I, I would be mindful of those things because that that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think from a public and fan perspective, which you know they just want you to win. Like, right. Period. Right. A lot of times they don't even bother even listening. I know in Philadelphia there's a more of a following from a sports radio uh, perspective and mm-hmm. um, folks listening to shows like yours as well. Yeah. And so if I'm the owner, I'm checking in with these guys first and foremost, like every week, I'm not going to um, meddle, but if I'm an owner of a franchise, there has to be a check-in and my mentality would be every week we are for whatever we reason trying to win. And so your game plan, um, the players that you're playing, um, granted that, you know, guys are healthy and, and, and they're available. Mm-hmm. Like we're trying to win like every week. Now, if there's an instance where uh, ownership or GM has the mindset and in the, and from a coaching standpoint, you get knowledge of, well, you know what? They're just really looking for forward to next year. Right. Then in my mind, as, as that coordinator, you, you, you need to professionally, I think, think and probably make some decisions for yourself as well. Because if you're working for an organization, right. And they're not, 
trying to provide you with the best tools to be successful, but they still expect X, Y, and Z result at the end of the day. Right. That, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's a big problem. And I'm happy that I'm not in a, in a situation like that. Um, as an owner, RGM, I'm not hiring a coach that I can control. Like I'm hiring the, the, the hopefully the best person for the job. Um, someone that we have a great business working relationship. The lines of communication are going to be 100% open and hopefully we can have some type of collaborative effort to try to be successful at the end of the day, especially in a place like Philadelphia. Right. Because right, right. I mean, you can't get away with that. Like no. somehow that's going to get out and it should get out. And if that's what Jeff Jeffrey and how we and those guys, if that's what their mentality was, like they should be exposed by mm-hmm. that. And hey. you guys and, and, and whomever else in the media should should, should expose that. Yeah, us, mean, us troublemakers, right? I mean, hey, that's, that's good trouble. That's good trouble for, for the most part, you know. Um, I, I mean, I, that that you know that that kind of like threw me back, right? Because I did hear during the interview process, it was a situation, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, where mm-hmm. Nick was on vacation. He found out that the Eagles wanted to interview him. Right. They were like, "Okay, we can come to you." He's like, "Well, I don't have what." I don't have a suit. I need to like right. dress I'm like, no, nah, don't worry about it. We'll dress to you. Now, did that happen? Yeah. That's basically how it went down. Yep. That's crazy. See, my, <clears throat> see, that's crazy to me. That's that, that, that's, that, that's crazy to me because if you obviously, cause for them to do that, they obviously had some high interest regardless of whatever it was. Based on Frank a, Reich's recommendation. Yep. They, they, they had, they, they had, they had some high interest, right? So, if you're coming coming at coming to me under those circumstances, you would think that 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 coach would have power to be able to right. like these people are courting me. It's almost like if you choose, you lose. Like yeah, you choosing me. Like I'm on vacation with my family. I'm saying, hold on, I can come or I can go fly to you or I want to dress a certain way. They're like, nah, don't dress that. No, no, no. Stay comfortable. <laughs> we'll dress down to you. Don't don't do that. Right, right. Like you would think that that person should have some type of control. And right. so for you to say that it's rumored that they hired him because they felt like they can control him, it's like. Mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't take a job. I wouldn't take that job right under under those circumstances, especially not in Philadelphia. Hey man, great, great, yeah, great insight. I got a couple of minutes left on this edition of Gun on One. I gotta ask you this. You've been out of the game for 17 years now, but you still stay involved with the game. Uh you are a part of the NFL Legends Youth Advisory Committee. What exactly is it and who does it cater to? So this was something Troy Vincent, my former teammate, right. brother for life. He um, came to me along with uh, some other former players, um, Willie McGinnis. Um, you have Michael Robinson. Mm-hmm. You have Chad Pennington. Um, originally, we had Deion Sanders, who have moved on now, coaching at JSU. Mm-hmm. Um, Maurice Jones-Drew was one of our original members. And so 
all of us in some way, shape or form are involved in youth football perspective, whether it's doing camps, um, coaching 707 teams, coaching youth football teams, organizing youth leagues, um, me being in Texas, having some influence here in the state of Texas. Um, they asked me to be a part of it and I jumped right into it. And it's something that's been fulfilling in so many ways, right? It's right in my wheelhouse where I've already um, been working for a numerous amount of years. Mm -hmm. Me and my former um, um, teammate, Indy Kalu, we've been doing youth camps um, here in the city of Houston for the past 12, probably 13 years now. We didn't do it over the last year because of COVID and things of that nature or what have you. And so just working in that space, but using our expertise because you know, we've all have played the game on a high level, um, you know, played it for and been blessed to play it for numerous amount of years. I don't know if you add up the, the amount of professional NFL years, mm -hmm. everybody on our team. I think everybody at least has played at least eight, nine, 10 years in the league or what have you. Right. And so being passionate about um, trying to help grow the youth space. Um, there are so many um, bad actors all over the country that mm. prey on children. They pay, prey on these parents that want to get their kids involved in the game. And what happens, sometimes they have bad um, experiences. And those bad experiences deter some of these young athletes to never play football again. Mm. And so you have just a bunch of guys that are very passionate about it. Um, I mean, I treat all of these kids like they're my own babies um, just because like these, we feel like playing the game of football, there's so much that you can get out of it. And it's not just about playing football, winning games, about teaching life skills, mm. It's about, you know, teaching communication It's teaching you, you know, how are you going to act when you lose a game? How are you going to act when you win the game? Are you just as happy about your teammate being successful? Um, and so like all of those type of things from a life perspective, right? right. Because everybody is, we know 90, whatever percent of these kids, they aren't, they aren't going to be um, NFL players, but they can take and use these experiences to go and be a great student. They can go off to college. They can go be a scientist, a lawyer, or be in politics mm -hmm. or what have you. That, I mean, when you think about a lot of these big companies calling on former players to come in to speak to their staff, to speak to their workforce, to get them motivated, they're doing that because these guys have shown from their own experiences, right? Right. That they made with you may have been going through a um a tough injury and they bounced back from that you know just the perseverance of you know experiencing something tragic and tragic from the standpoint it's in the public eye because everything a majority of the things that you know guys are doing that's right it's out it's out there in the public eye and so it's something that I'm you know I've been very passionate about um, you know, I've, 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 matter of fact, last week, there's a, um, there's a nonprofit gen youth, um, which is based out of New York. 
they did a coach, a PE coach of the year award. And I was like the spokesman for that to help get the word out, um, you know, to honor the, because when you go to school, whether it's elementary school, all the way through high school, you have coaches that not only coach PE, they may coach a specific sport, right? Just football, volleyball, basketball, track and field, baseball, but they also are teachers and, t- and they teaching are teaching subjects. Mm-hmm. So we just wanted to be able to honor um, coaches all over the place and to just be right there in the belly of the beast. Um, as a matter of fact, last week as well, I was in DC. There was a congressional flag football game that's played every other year with politicians um, there in DC with the, um, against the capital of police department mm-hmm. in DC and some former players. And so just being a part of all of that, um, you know, we, we, uh, we always do camps at all of our tent pole events, the Super Bowl, Hall of Fame weekend, Pro Bowl, doing the draft. And so just being able to be, to use my skill set of knowing about football and um, just trying to, you know, help and, 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 and love on these mm. coaches, love on, you know, all of these kids playing youth football mm. all over the country. And, you know, it's just a good thing. That's awesome, man. Keep, uh, keep reaching out and, and keep trying to change lives, man. That, that's incredible. I have one final question for you before I let you go. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, I'm still trying to get used after all these years of uh, Bobby Taylor domesticated Bobby Taylor. <laughs> I knew a different Bobby Taylor, not a yeah. bad Bobby Taylor, but a single Bobby Taylor and a, a fashionable Bobby Taylor. What's it like being domesticated these days? Oh, well, well, I'm still fashionable now. Let's, you know. Oh, I know. That's right. The the look good, feel good. Right. It's no longer play good. It may be going to speak good or or train, you know, whatever. I, I'm still about, you know, just, just the, the fat fashion. I'm definitely still about that. It's just, you know, having children. Like my, I mean, my oldest is just turned 18 last month. Wow. He's been blessed enough. He's playing football. He's gotten a scholarship going to SEC school, Texas A&M. Um, I have two, my two, I have an eight-year-old as well, five-year-old. My eight-year-old, his birthday is next month, December. He's a December baby like myself. So, you know, and they're athletic. They're, you know, great students. Um, you know, they're learning, learning other languages. See, a lot of, a lot of things you probably didn't like, for example, with me. Right. So right. I live with my grandparents growing up. Right. Mom, she was for the government being trained. Matter of fact, she was transferred to Philadelphia and was there for a certain amount of time when I was a, a youngster while I was living with my grand- grandparents. But, you know, my grandmother had this rule where it was like, you know, we had no pass, no play, obviously. But her her thing was, look, if any point during the grading period, she, she's like, look, I don't care what, I don't care who recruiting you, what articles they writing about you. If you fail or fell in at any point during the grading period, you, your butt off that field. Woo. So, like, I was an honor roll student, like all through high school. You know what I'm saying? And so from an academic standpoint, um, I mean, I, I mean, I love school. I'm getting ready to go now to get my MBA or what have you. Um, so, go ahead, man. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I just think that like, you know, playing sports has, has 
afforded me a lot of, you know, very good opportunities, but the academic piece um, is, is important as well. And, you know, we preach that in our home. I mean, when I go out and talk to these kids, you know, I say, hey, you know, these schools, they have um, standards that, you know, you all have to reach from an academic standpoint as far as staying eligible and things. Because we've all we've all heard the horror story. We've heard about, you know, the hometown hero. And, and oh, yeah. I never wanted to recognize at that hometown hero that was stuck in that one particular place because the only thing I had was just talent. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, man, I, I'm, you know, I'm blessed. You know, I, you know, like I said, I, 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 I follow you guys. I get back out back. I was in Philly this year. I came back when they played the Chiefs. Right. You know, Big Red coming back, hollering at him. And, you know, I don't know anybody that's, that's on the, I feel bad. My boy Deuce, he's no longer in Philly. Right, right. Because he was, he was always the conduit when I came back there to the current um, coaching staff, obviously Doug as well. But, you know, I'm still a fan. I'm, I'm going to be a fan to the day I die. I'm an Eagles fan. Uh, I never, you know, really, I don't root against anybody else. Right, right. I root for the Eagles, like, all day, every day. Hey, man, it's, it's been such a pleasure to spend some quality time with uh, former all-pro quarterback Bobby Taylor, who will yeah. always go down in the annals of Eagles history as one of my favorite and most colorful players that I've gotten to know through the years. Man, hey, thank you for sake, taking some time to hop on Gun on Wonder Podcast. You know I'm going to hit you up down the road, so don't try hey, to change listen, phone numbers listen, on me. Listen, listen, I try to work out as much as possible, you know, a couple times a week, walk, whatever, eat, trying to eat. But listen, I see you be cooking. Oh, here we go. I got a, I got I got a, I got a, I got I got a nice little appetite. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you know, you know, I know I'm gonna have to get clearance, go through clearance if I could possibly get an invite over, but you know, maybe when next time I know you can make me a plate, yes, bring the plate, you know, yes. something. Yes, so I yes, I got you. That's, that's, all, that's all that's all I'm saying. See, I know you're down with the Texas style barbecue. Now I'm gonna get you some D gun style barbecue. Okay. Is okay. that is that a deal? Hey, that's a deal. All right. All right, man. Uh, that'll wrap up this latest edition of Gun on Wonder Podcast. Hey, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. And as I said off the top of this podcast, uh, make sure you uh, download and hit the like button, if you will. Uh, for my man, Bobby Taylor, one of the all-time Eagle greats, I'm Derek Gunn. Thanks for hanging out with us. As I always tell you each and every week, stay blessed, but more importantly, continue to be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. Until next time, so long, everybody. of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Elvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Elvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.